And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking End of Week Edition, Browns Patriots Edition, Sunday 1 o'clock in Foxborough. Browns and Patriots in a big game for both teams. I mean, let's just be honest, guys. Uh, every game is a playoff game for the Browns from here on out. And next week, they play the hapless, winless Lions at home. It's the NFL. Last week is evidence that anything can happen. Um, the Browns should win that game. The Browns will need to win that game regardless of Sunday's result. But when you look at the rest of the schedule, every other game as it shapes up right now just past the halfway point is against a team that could be in the playoffs. Most of them are against teams that could be fighting the Browns for playoff spots. You know, whether that's in the division, and I still think all four teams have a legitimate case. I think the Browns are are better and better equipped than the Steelers and the Bengals, but we don't know. Uh, they play the Raiders at home. They play the Patriots on the road. This week, that back-to-back against the Ravens could decide it. And then at the end, you know, Monday night football uh, against the Steelers and then the Bengals at home. And, and again, that could be an all the marbles game. And whether that means all the marbles for the division or, you know, one team gets in and one team doesn't, I don't know. When you look at the Browns and Patriots, I, th- I think it's fair. Uh, maybe not. I'm trying to think of the right word. I think it's not crazy to think that the loser of this game ends up missing the playoffs by one game. That's just what it is. And last week was a big win for the Browns for many reasons. Um, you know that. We'll get to some of those reasons, although we're mostly – looking forward, but just how this works. When you play in big games and you win them, that earns the right to play in another big game. And the Browns go to Foxborough. Um, you know, we don't know the status of Nick Chubb. There's some of the questions, and we'll get to them. Guys, I'm just not getting in uh, to the COVID stuff. I, I, I don't know. The team doesn't share. And we'll see. I can tell you that, you know, Nick Chubb is vaccinated, and by the rule, if he passes two tests, he can play on Sunday. Right now, there hasn't been a guy in the league do that, that that's you know been a breakthrough case, as it's called, and then passed the two tests within five days to play. It, it just hasn't happened. So we'll see. Browns aren't going to share any of that information. And by the athletics policy, we would only report it if the team or the player himself says it anyway. So um, we'll see. You know, I think the Browns trust the Ernest Johnson. I think, obviously, by the actions of the week, the Browns trust their offensive line and their offensive system. And what they want to do, uh, do I think Dearness will go for rip all rip him up like he did against the Broncos? I think it was 146. Um, no, but I mean, is he's he shown that he can excel, that he can be the guy, that he can help you win a game? Yes, he's he's a talented guy. He runs hard. Uh, he was faster in that Denver game than I'd ever seen him be. And you know, he, he's a he's not a rookie. He's not going to freak out. He's going to come in and produce. I mean, I think the key for the Browns is obviously playing against a rookie quarterback and the Browns defense doing what it's capable of doing. Um, At this point, we expect JOK back. Now, is that in a full-time role? Is that at full speed? I don't know. But, you know, there were times early in the season we saw 
the blueprint, which was that defensive line just create chaos and JOK come and clean things up and JOK come and close on passes that the Browns, frankly, in a long time haven't had a linebacker with that kind of range and closing speed. So, you know, even 20 plays of JOK helps the defense. The big thing is obviously, you know, him being healthy and being at full speed um, two and four and six weeks from now. But getting him back would be a good sign. I mean, they're not going to bring him back if, if he's not ready. And, and he told reporters on Thursday afternoon that he feels good. He's not 100% sure he's going to be in, but he feels like he's on the right track, and, and that would be a big deal. Um, obviously, the offense you know, moved past the Odell crap and was super efficient last week in hammering away. I mean, Chubb, 14 carries and all those yards and those two touchdowns. I mean, that's what he does, and, and you'll miss that. You just can't replace that. Um, but to me, the most promising thing is the defense. It's, we know what level miles has played at all year long. It was Denzel Ward's big, big, big game. It was John Johnson's best game, um, playing a little closer to the line of scrimmage at times playing carefree. Greg Newsom, um, does not look like a rookie out there. Right. And, and up front, they just, they cause havoc. And, you know, Miles has sat out a couple of days of practice this week. You just have to manage him. Clowney has – he's practiced this week. He hasn't really practiced at all the previous two weeks. You just have to get those guys to Sunday and let them go. Um, you know, Sheldon Day up to the active roster. He actually outsnapped Malik Jackson last week. It, Malik McDowell, um, you know, he's, he's flirting with more 15-yard penalties, and, and we'll see how that goes. But, man, he's a force, and he's just getting comfortable. He's just – He's nine games into playing in the NFL, so he is just so much more advanced than he was in the spring and the summer, and really I think it's showing up that he's so much more comfortable in the flow of the game um, than he was in the first two or three games. This defense has the pieces. I think even when they struggled, it was obvious the pieces were better. So it doesn't mean they're past all of the breakdowns. Um, The penalties, as I mentioned, are a concern. Ronnie Harrison is a walking personal foul, right? we know how they generally officiate quarterbacks. And guys have to know that. You, you you can argue with that theory all you want. Guys have to know that. We'll see. But, man, the Browns got some bullies. They got some really good players. And to me, you know, if this defense keeps coming, then then they can get in and, and then in January be the type of team that nobody, you know, wants to see. So Baker a little bit limited with the foot issue. Um, he's going to play. He's played through this, these significant shoulder injuries. We don't know on Chubb. We don't know on Felton. Right. And we expect Miles to play and that he's being managed. You know, I, I guess it wouldn't be stunning if Miles or Clowney sat one along the way. And I'm talking about next week mostly. Uh, but Miles wants that 22 and a half record. And, and unless he just can't play, you know, he's going to play. And he's getting at least one or one and a half every week. And that's put him right on pace. So we will see um, how that goes. But again, there's there's a lot to like. Um, about how this defense came in. And sure, that's in the takeaways that aren't always going to be there, right? But the thing is, you're not just going to come out and clamp some team and hold them to 120 yards and six points. That's just not how how this works. Like, you're going to give up yards, so you have to make the splash plays. You have to force the turnovers and then score off of them, as the Browns have done. And, and you know, I just think you have to play, especially with this new, new many new faces, easy for me to say, as the Browns have, You know, now those guys have played nine games to the point that they're more comfortable. And then you start seeing them take the chances and jump into the passing lanes. And and you start seeing Joe Woods make calls to be more aggressive and let John Johnson loose, 
right? And a healthy, fresh Denzel Ward just all over the place. I mean, even if you take away the 99-yard interception return, which changed everything and is awesome and is rare and, and all of that stuff, like he made several game-changing plays. I think, I think the stat from Pro Football Focus was 11 contested catches the Bengals had, and, the, and two of them were completed, right? Well, only two of those were, were ruled drops, and you know, subjectively, it could have been one or two more. But that means there was blanket coverage. That means there was hands on hands and hands on faces and no room for these guys all day long. And that is a big time passing game. I mean, eventually the Browns got to Joe Burrow and frustrated him and wore him out. And that's the goal, right? But early on, these balls were on the money and guys were open and the Browns kept coming and Miles made the, or Denzel made the huge play, right? And Newsom had three pass breakups and Troy Hill. Two or three sacks. I think it was three on Sunday and eventually ruled two. But the Browns clearly saw something they liked there, and he kept getting back there. And they just ended up bullying him out of their own stadium. 50% pressure rate in the second half and, and just kind of a glimpse of what they wanted to be. And then, of course, the defense gets better as JOK gets back. So that's what's that's what's exciting. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, you know, offensively, we'll see the news of the day. This is being recorded uh, later on Thursday. Uh, it was about an hour, hour and a half ago that there was all the Twitter drama, which is what he lives for. Odell Beckham chooses the Rams. Um, you know, good for him. We'll see. The Browns moving on, you know, without him. And the Browns' past game, guys, has clearly not been consistent. Um, I think you can look at last week and say, and and I'll just quickly reverse it here as I wrote earlier in the week. I hope you guys read it. I, I was wrong. I thought it would work. I thought there was enough talent here that with the right patience and, and the right everything, from the coaching to the quarterbacking to Odell himself, they could make it work. Well, it wasn't going to work. You know, it's scheme over everything here. It's timing. Um, it's sharing the wealth. Even on the big hitter to DPJ last week, that's a three tight end set. You know, that's this is who the Browns are. They're never going to be spread it out and let Odell freelance and and give him six or eight cracks at making that one big play. So, um, 
you know, I, I think there were regrets all around. I, I, I think even all the way up to and through the handling, and I don't think the Browns had great answers. But the answer that counts is they went out on Sunday and they kicked the shit out of the Bengals. And the offense didn't need to do a ton, but what it did, it did very well. And to get those numbers out of Nick Chubb on 14 carries is huge. And to see the offensive line doing what it did is huge. So speaking of the offensive line, that's obviously the other news of the week here. Uh, Wyatt Teller extended. Joel Batonio extended. That's big investments um, in big-time players you know, for the Browns. And, and my thought is, obviously, it speaks to the identity, who they want to be, how they want to win. What does it say about Denzel and Baker? You know, I, I think nothing specifically. Those guys are wrapped up for another year, and we'll see. The cap's going to go up for 23 We'll see how that plays out. Does it say the Browns are always going to value the run and that maybe eventually they would hesitate to spend on a quarterback and invest in you know, both lines and a run game and tight ends and all that with this head coach? It might say that. Um, I don't think it says any of that right now, and I still think Baker has a way to play his way into this team's long-term plans and into what would be the biggest contract in team history. He hasn't done that thus far. It's quite obvious. We'll see. Again, we're at the halfway point. Baker's two big seasons. He got hot in the back half of the year. Maybe that still happens. But I just think and this is new to the Browns, right? Um, having to budget for your own players, having to spend and keep your own players, having to worry about the salary cap at all, trying to build off your systems, your philosophies, your mantras, all the things you value. Is it interesting slash puzzling to see him spend that much money on guard? I think in a way it can be. I think you could also say, and this is where I sit on this, invest in good players. And in these two guards specifically, Petonio's gotten better as his career's gone on. If you can trust those guys to be durable, to be reliable, to be productive, and know they're going to be good players, you're going to be fine. So each team is built different, and there's a lot that goes into that, from, from the scheme to the budget to drafting around them and, and trying to grow and, and – you know, whatever you can do in this ever-changing league to have real quality depth, which is, is, is hard to get. But it's mostly just knowing that you're going to have guys there that you can build your strengths on and you're going to be good in some areas because you're always going to have to scramble with injuries, with underperformance, with changing on the fly. Um, whatever you want your blueprint to be from your roster building blueprint and the smart, tough, accountable mantra, you know, down to, to running, to set up the play action, to the occasional deep shot like – there's going to come times in the season that you're going to have to adapt. A running team is going to have to wind up and win a 40 to 37 game, right? A wide open team is going to have to have a defensive stop or win a defensive minded game with, with field goals and sacks and turnovers at some point. That's just how it is. Um, the league is too competitive. Teams are too good. Coaches see too much of what you want to do in terms of your strength and your schemes and they take stuff away. So you have to be adaptable and you just, you have to have good players. Um, I think the Browns had a really crappy October. I've made that clear, and I think the results showed that. This team should have high standards. It has a lot of good players. I think now that we're into November, you can take a step back and say they had one really bad game, obviously, where they no-showed against the Cardinals and got their ass kicked. Beyond that, they failed on fourth downs and failed in fourth quarters. You know, didn't play well offensively in Minnesota, still won. Um, you know, didn't have four complete quarters, even going back to September against the Bears and the Texans, one important home games, right? That was a thorough ass whipping of the Bengals. And, and those are hard to come by. Those are encouraging, right? Those are, should be celebrated and, and savored. Uh, it's not generally going to be that way, but when it happens, it's going to take 
the complimentary football, which to me is currently Stefanski's favorite cliche. Um, you know, get get into your strengths offensively, Nick Chubb. Take the ball away and turn it into touchdowns. Take the the well timed shots when they're there. And uh, you know, I just thought the offense was never under stress in that game because of what the defense did, and the defense was never under stress in that game and could really just tee off on Burrow because the offense kept on chugging and, and built that lead. And in both times, you know, responding early to the Bengals moving the ball, and then in the third quarter when. When the Browns had clearly taken charge of the game, but it was still in score-wise, and then Chubb takes off on that run, I just thought the Browns were awesome in, in pushing things aside. Um, you know, Peoples-Jones, he has played more snaps than any receiver. And nine games in, only the Browns only have three touchdown passes, two receivers. He has all three of them, right? But um, he was not getting the ball early on in the year. The Kansas City game, it was just strange. Schwartz got targets. Jarvis had a big day. Um, he, he wasn't involved. But moving past that, I, I've got this here in front of me. Um, Bears game, two catch, and he fumbled against Houston, right, and deserved the doghouse for that. Bears game, two targets, two catches. Minnesota, Baker's worst game, 0-0. Zero, zero. But move forward, Chargers, five catches, six targets. Um you know, 70 yards, Arizona game, five targets, four catches, 101 yards, two touchdowns. And then the Cincinnati game, two catches, both on deep balls, uh, 86 yards, the a dot average depth of target, right? Since, uh, since week two, 15 yards, 18 and a half yards, 13 and a half yards, 19.8 yards. And then 28.7 last week, which sticks out like a sore thumb and you're not going to replicate, but in those high teens, um, that's where they, you have to throw the ball down the field as well as you want to run it, as much as you're going to keep people guessing and involve the tight ends and, and use everybody. You have to throw it down the field to keep defenses honest and try to create big plays, and Donovan Peoples-Jones can do that. He was starting to do that um, before he got hurt in warm-ups against Denver. He missed the two games. He came back. He is a big-time talent who's just figuring it out. I'm not ready to say he's a number one receiver. I'm not ready to say he's the Browns' number one receiver. I'm saying – his talents, his presence, and his development are big reasons that the Browns were able to say, okay, let's just cut ties with OBJ and move on. We're going to put him in there in these situations, and he's going to produce. And he's one for one uh, on that front so far. So, um, you know, the Patriots, again, they have the rookie quarterback. They have some injuries, too. Their, their lead running back, Damian Harris, a second-year guy who's who's pretty gifted and drives a lot of what they do. He's Got a concussion protocol, and as of Thursday, he hadn't practiced. So we'll see what happens um, with that. That's certainly something to watch. You know, they 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 spent big money on those two tight ends, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. We know the Browns haven't covered a tight end since 64, so that gives me some pause. But Smith really hasn't been involved a ton. They have Jacoby Myers. They have Nelson Aguilar. They have Kendrick Bourne. I mean, those are just guys in the receiving world. Um, we'll see. I expect, you know, a, a low-scoring game. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I did want to go here uh, as we get out of here on this, um, <clears throat> come off the break and close it out here 
with uh, some Eskin Jackson questions. So um, I put this out just just a couple of hours ago, and I'm gonna come through them here. Uh, again, question from a guy who goes by Nick Chubb Stan: Is it safe to assume Chubb is asymptomatic? Again, I'm not going there. I have no idea how to know that. If Nick Chubb can play on Sunday, the Browns will have him play. That means he passed the test. That means he's checked out. That's what everybody wants. We'll see when that happens. Um, question from Dave. Do you see the timing of the Browns extending Batonio and Teller as intentional based on the OBJ optics and drama or purely coincidental? I think more intentional based on the trade deadline being over. I think they save some money for extensions and you keep that rainy day fund just in case you need it, in case something goes crazy, in case the opportunity arises to do so. Nothing ever got close in that regard. Um, I think, you know, it's not time to extend the quarterback. I think it was time to do that. Uh, there's always a message, and I wrote this. There's always a message in who you sign, who you extend, who you don't sign, who you don't keep, who you keep, who you boost, right? Um, I think these guys truly believe in the smart, tough, accountable stuff. They clearly, truly believe in fortifying the offensive line and running the ball and establishing that physicality. Um, and, you know, a day after Teller goes down and, and makes that block on Jesse Bates, I don't think that part's coincidental. But Joel Batonio said it himself. He, he knew his agent had talked with the Browns about doing this deal to get him secured, to make him a Brown for life. And once the season started, he said, I don't want to know about it. And his agent called on Monday and said, we're almost there. So, um, yeah, you know, probably the answer, Dave, is probably half and half. Question from Ben. Lots of comparisons to the Saints who spent a ton of money on guards to protect their six-foot QB. Think there's anything to this? In a way, sure. I, I think um, protecting the QB is important. I think having guards that get out and throw these crushing blocks on, on these pool plays and on these boots and counters and all of this stuff is big. I don't think it's that one specific reason. I think it's you have these good players. Um, you don't want to get into messy situations with franchise tags or letting them hit the market or bickering behind the scenes. You do it. You got the money. You do it. You invest in them. You say, this is who we are, and you built. And whether this team makes the playoffs or not, um, this is still you know year two of a build. I think it was accelerated by the success in year one. I think it was accelerated because this is a good roster. I think it was accelerated because this is a good organization. All of these are new to us, right? All of this is new. We'll see how it goes, but I, I don't think that that was the clear reason of, oh, man, we, we have to do the Drew Brees thing. No, I just think it was we have these special talents. They clearly fit what we're doing here. They, as guys, clearly fit what we want to be here, and, and let's do this. Um, along those lines, question from Josh. Smart, tough, and accountable is the mantra of the Browns organization. We appear to have met more than enough of those types of guys to not lead the league in penalties and penalty yardage. How were they so disciplined last year, and can they get back to that level? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair question. Um, you know, I think some of it is guys play hard, and this is a fast-moving game, and you're going to have penalties. I think some of the really blatant ones are Ronnie Harrison, <laughs> just not making smart football plays, right? I think some of the hitting the quarterback and stuff happens in the heat of the battle, and it's ticky-tack. Um, just as easily as Jordan Elliott could have and maybe should have been flagged for blasting the Steelers kicker, extending his arms the way that he did. So some of that is close. Um, some of that, I think it just, it evens out, right? Uh, if refs want to call holding on every play, they could, you know, I think sometimes when you play through the whistle, if they want to call late stuff, or as we saw in that Monday night game, the taunting stuff that goes on, I don't think the Browns have been involved a ton of that. Um, 
I think the reality is when you turn Malik McDowell and Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett and these guys loose, um, I think over the course of the season, I think you'd live with a 15-yard penalty or two, right? They're just not going to live with the mental stuff. Um, and, you know, jumping off sides in short yardage situation or um, totally dumbass unsportsmanlike penalties, they're not going to live with. The other stuff... It happens. It's part of the game. It's a fair question. Uh, Tom S. With injuries and COVID, is ten seven even a real ten and seven even a realistic hope at this point? Yeah, Tom. I, I don't know. I mean, a week ago, I understood the negative vibes and the uncertainty, and I'm not saying this team has solved or won anything yet, um, and certainly not based off of one game. But yeah, um, you're probably going to need to win eleven to get in the playoffs. You're going to need to beat good teams. You're going to need to do that anyway. But I. I just think if you look at the defense, um, that that you have to think that, that the Browns can can play good enough football the rest of the way and, and go do this thing. Um, question from Nicholas. I know it's a long way out, but do you think the Browns re-sign Conklin and Treader after next year to keep the O-line group together for a long time? Or do you think the thinking is that their torches will be passed to Harris and Hudson? Uh, I don't believe Nick Harris will ever be a starter in the league. I do not know that J.C. Treader will be on this team next year. Um, but it's easier said than done to take his 10, 10 million or so off the books than it is to take him out of that huddle, um, especially because he plays between those two guys. So we'll see. They, they're going to have decisions. I mean, Odell wasn't going to be here. That was just sped up. Uh, Austin Hooper's money is not guaranteed, but his cap number of over $11 million is, and it's hard to find tight ends. And the joke is also a free agent. So we'll see there. Um, you know, Conklin has one more year, and he makes a ton of money too. We'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. Uh, they're clearly going to invest in the O-line. And, you know, I think part of it, going back to the question on timing with Teller, it wasn't just that the trade deadline was over and they had this money. It was he had been – he would played well and been healthy for half a season. You know, last year he missed time two different times. They were minor injuries. But before you devote that kind of money into a guy, you want to make sure he's going to be there a lot more than he's not. And he's he's been there every snap this year. Or, or at least close to it, right? Not having it in front of me. So we will see. Question from David. What, what do you, what matchup do you think will be better on Sunday? Browns receivers versus Pat's secondary or Browns D line versus Pat's O line? Uh, you know, I think the matchup has to be the Browns have to get back there and frustrate the rookie quarterback. And so it's going to be on the tight ends and safeties to keep the tight ends from killing them and keep, you know, Brandon Bolden, the 30 some years old, from sneaking out of the backfield and burning them on swing passes. But you know, just be sound and solid enough to put that rookie in must-pass situations and let Garrett and the guys go get him. And I think that's the key to a Browns victory. So, again, big game. Uh, and we'll see. You know, we can't count on health and we can't account for a COVID breakout, and that's five positive tests inside the building this week. Um, but, again, I, I think – we know what the Browns want to be offensively. You're starting to see a better picture of what they can be defensively. I think they're playing with a lot of confidence. You know, I think uh, Hans is settling in at right tackle. Um, this is, you know, you know what you'll get from Dearness. You know, Jarvis is not healthy, but he's still going to play his ass off. Um, having the full secondary is a big, big deal. And as long as Miles and Clowney are healthy, then they're going to have a chance to make those big splash plays. And if they can create a turnover or two every game and, and set up cheap points, 
right? And if they can just be solid uh, offensively in terms of what they want to do, and you know, win on on a number of third downs and on fourth down when you need to, they'll, they'll have a chance. So, um, again, it, it's hard not to get dragged into the week to week nature of man, this team stinks. I mean, the Browns have some warts, or this this team's great because they beat the Bengals. I mean, it was, a, it was an incredible performance and it would seem to be trending in the right direction. It was one game. There's a lot of football left. So if, if they can rein it in here from a maturity and focus standpoint and go get another win, they could run off a bunch and have a ton of momentum headed into that Baltimore game in two weeks because they play the Lions next week at home. We'll see. Thank you for listening to Civilized Barking. Subscribe and read everything to The Athletic. It will be me and Jason Lloyd uh, with our typical post-game podcast from Foxborough on Sunday afternoon. Talk to you then.